Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome to Episode 5 of MassCast. My name is Jason, and I appreciate everybody joining us. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Daryl Hall, to my John Oates. That one's a new one. (laughs) Hall and Oates, man. We're like Hall and Oates. Perfect harmony. That's what you call it. (laughs) <laughs> well, anyway we appreciate everybody joining i got a, a got a couple pieces of business before we get into the mass cast uh i wanted to give a shout out to one of our sites that have been really good to us as mask the movie and that is boulderhill.net we've gotten uh quite a bit of hits from their link on their homepage, and uh, it's really a great site you can find them at boulder-hill.net and they have things like original artwork they've got some really high quality pics of uh, the, the mini comics of Mask that were in with the toys they've got a figure and toy and merchandise archive that's really good uh, review guides and even copy of the patents of some of the toys which is pretty cool I'm not sure how they got that, but um, they paid some. To... They paid. They must have paid some big bucks for that. Honestly, <laughs> they hacked the uh, government database or something. But uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, so I recommend everybody to go check them out, and uh, we really appreciate them kind of coming on board with us. One other piece of business we had was uh, we got some feedback last week on from MassCast Four about the Highway of Terror, and. Um, it was Alan Herring posted on our Facebook page about the supernatural elements um, that we mentioned were in our script. Basically, he he commented about how episode four was kind of the best reviewed uh, or best rated episode so far in our mass cast journey. And uh, it didn't have any of those supernatural elements in it and... Uh, most people seem to like that a lot better. And I wanted to just to kind of point out to everybody that, yes, we we do have a, a hint of the supernatural, not in the sense of, like, uh, magic, but it's something that's not, basically not natural or not coming from the Earth that they use to kind of develop the technology. In that sense, it's kind of supernatural, but it's not the mystical kind of stuff that we see in the episodes. Right. We we did a lot of uh, research to do to try to figure out how to tie in some of the powers, but really, that's that really is the only supernatural. Really, is the masks and the the equipment. Uh, really, the the vehicles are little more than uh, just just conventional vehicles, conventional weapons, and so forth. Yes. Nothing. Uh... Nothing too spectacular about that. No lasers or um, any of that kind of anti-gravity cannon like we're seeing in the in the upcoming episode. 
more conventional stuff and more kind of true to life weaponry on the vehicles and uh but there is some neat stuff we do with the masks and uh i think we'll kind of tie maybe that into this new episode for episode five so are you ready to dive in to the cartoon i'm ready to dive in to the mask cast one last adjustment and we'll be transmitting perfectly again. Mike, is something short of? Whip on. All right, so it sets the scene up. We're looking at, at a top of a hill uh, where there's a TV station, and you've got some engineers sitting there working on a one of their systems, and then we see... Vanessa and Sly Rax come in and attack the, the two engineers. Then they attach a device to the station and interrupt the broadcast with a hypnotic broadcast that leads people all over the city to funnel into a, a set location. Vanessa and Rex have hooked up the black box. The entire town will soon be under my control. And we see Dagger and Mayhem looking over their handiwork from afar. Switchblade takes off the takes out the TV transmitter while Dagger ends up taking out the electric. And uh, one thing I posted this week on our Facebook page was that a screen cap of Switchblade uh, from like a head-on point of view, and how they've kind of incorporated some new animation for Switchblade in the way it transforms. We get to see it head-on. We get to see the tail fin, I guess you would say, uh, rotate up from the bottom. uh, And then we see the thrusters come in from underneath before Mayhem shoots that missile into the tower, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it was. I think this was the beginning where they really take some good detail at transforming some of the vehicles. Switchblade seems to be the, the, the initial test bed, if you will. And then I know in later episodes we start seeing a very good transformation of Thunderhawk from Camaro to its its jet mode. And uh, yes, I I really like get goosebumps as I see Thunderhawk transform and it's just an awesome animation. Uh, it's probably the best detail out of the entire episodes. Really, is when they transform. Switchblade, when they transform Thunderhawk. Uh, I can't remember if they even do the same animation with uh, Rhino and the rest of the crew, but it's just, I, I think it's really great, especially for 85 technology. I'm trying to remember, because I know we, I've gone through at least the first uh, 30 or so episodes uh, last year, and I'm trying to remember you know, some of those the kind of advancements along the way. But uh, yeah, we. I mean, this episode there's it just kind of really stuck out to me some of the the new point of views to look at some of the vehicles and the way they transformed. So well, anyway, back to the episode. Uh, they knock out the tower, and then the uh, technician gets free uh, from the tower. And did you notice he kind of left his buddy hanging in the closet there? You know that actually escaped me. I didn't even see that. I, I, yeah, I realize like, there's two people there that got stuck there, but yeah, he leaves his buddy there. Yeah, uh, Vanessa, you know, puts him in the closet, shuts the door, and the guy that gets free is the one that gets pinned down from uh, 
Rax's mask stiletto, but he just hauls out of there and leaves his buddy still in the closet. But anyway, he uh, runs through the woods there or whatever, happens onto the highway, and it's Gloria. He hops into with her. Gloria immediately does a 180 there and heads back to the mansion, the tracker, the tracker mansion. And uh, we see T Bob and Scott. Really, the only time during the episode we see them uh, playing golf in the yard. Scott, is this what they mean by getting teed off? Wow, look at it go! And I didn't even touch the ground. They break a window. And Matt kind of gives him the old rolling the eyes look, and here's the doorbell ring, and it's Gloria with this guy that is he is now kind of sluggish, which I didn't kind of understand that whole why he was like that weak, right? Slow, uh, slouching over. And then do you notice the kind of the no words were exchanged, just a few looks. Then it's like they move right into this. Uh, study or whatever that he's developed matt you notice that he's always peering into like a double like a like a mirror like almost a, a, a interrogation room like you'd see on tv except it's a right. lounge a little den a little study he just eavesdrops into the what's going on from what the engineer is talking about then these people in masks appeared out of nowhere and tied me up they've taken over the whole town of cliffwood barely got away Biological stress analysis indicates subject is telling the truth. Yeah, it's almost like uh, he's kind of collecting his thoughts. He's kind of studying the situation. The computer gives him some analysis from the the people interacting in the room. And then the computer screen comes down and they start getting into the, well, what's going on uh, in this little Colorado town. Right. I thought it was really funny to watch, you know, Tell me about uh, Lakewood, Colorado, and then it spits out some information. And then he says, look for military, look for anything. And that was kind of comical that he says, well, look for anything. Scan the databanks of all law enforcement and military computers. Find out if there's anything at all on Cliffwood, Colorado. Defense Department computer indicates a top secret laser cannon is being shipped to California for testing. Military transport train will be passing through Cliffwood, Colorado at 0900 today. Bingo. Patch me into the Cliffwood Sheriff Station. Right, and, right. You know, if we, of course, that's 85 technology. You look at, you know, 2012 technology. If there's a computer that you can do that to, look for anything, you're going to get anything on a Google search or something. <laughs> exactly. So Matt tries to contact the sheriff's office after the computer spits out that there's this uh, secret transport on this train for this uh, laser cannon. And. They learn that the lines are cut, and Matt gives the old, Good job, Mayhem. Good work, Mayhem. Looks like Mask will have to handle this alone. From there, he gets the computer to pull the agents for the mission. And we have, uh, I think we have eight total, including Matt, uh, for this episode. Brad, Bruce, Alex, Dusty, Buddy, Hondo, and Gloria. Um, which I thought uh, the one the one thing that was funny when they were calling the agents was Brad at the beginning where he's like, take five. No, nah, on second thought, take a couple days. Yeah, that was hilarious. 
take five, guys. On second thought, you better take a couple of days. Alex, when he gets called, he just... It almost thought, I thought he was doing the same scene again where he's feeding the fish and then just dumps everything in. And here it looks like he's right, just right. heading the fish. And then he bolts off and the fish are like, hey, wait. <laughs> uh, the, the other one was Hondo when he's at the school taking the guy to the principal's office. He says, I want you to go right to the principal's office and tell him what you did. I want you to promise me you go straight to the principal's office and tell him what you did, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that kid was bolting back to class, you know it. Right. So anyway, so uh, Matt, uh, he gets down to the mask cave and heads off to mask headquarters. And then we cut to the train going along and stopping in the middle of the town there where the people have kind of gathered over the tracks. And the guy's like, what in the Sam Hill's going on here? There's someone on the tracks. Sam Hill's going on here. <laughs> I like that And, uh, yeah, there's a couple of good little lines in there this week. Um, and then uh, Venom uses their mask to kind of overcome the soldiers from the train. And it seemed like when, and then when Rax kind of speaks up and he's like, uh, what did I tell you, Mayhem? This was smooth as silk. Like, you know, Rax was the one that almost developed the plan right. this week. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was, that line. yeah. So they unveil the uh, laser cannon, and Mayhem kind of gathers the people to, that we got more work to do, it's time to assemble the thing. So at this point, it's still, we, we, we're not getting a, really the plot of what's going on, other than that they've taken this uh, laser, cannon. laser cannon, and we don't know what they're going to do with it yet. Right, and then, of course, uh, back at Mask headquarters, they're looking at and they're just they are discussing in the situation room the mission and it kind of just cranks on to energizing the masks and you notice how there's uh, similarities between it and the old cartoon Voltron you got that little lifting platform yes. except you know on Voltron the platform lifted up and that was the doorways to get down to the lions where masks they're being elevated into this specific room so that they can put the masks on. And I always thought that was kind of weird, especially now. I wondered why, and it kind of finally culminated to a good idea last night that that must be all the radiation. They need to separate it from the rest of the headquarters or something. Prepare to energize masks. That's a good point. That, I never really thought of it that way. Right. But anyway, so they energize, and they're headed out, of course, to to go see what's going on. They break up into two teams. Uh, you see basically the off-road vehicles go off-road to follow the tracks, and you see the on-road trucks and car go down the highway to the, the little town there. And uh, did you notice in the episode we get a glimpse of – the motorcycle on the back of Firecracker, like the toy. Yeah. Um, that. that was the first time I noticed that the motorcycle was on the back, even though they haven't used it. And I don't really remember the uh, Hondo using it in the episodes. There might have been one that he uses that motorcycle on the back, but it just seems to be an accessory. Right. Like a spare. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, uh, so they're off in 
Dagger and Vanessa are busy setting up the bomb for the bridge and kind of planning this trap for Mask to come. I guess they were assuming they were going to come since uh, I think Vanessa says in her mask, uh, I'm picking up something on the scanners or something. Hurry up, you stupid snail. My scanner is picking something up. That's it. Breaking bombs is a knot. Takes time. Once anybody trips the wire, whoa, that's the end of them. I'll go see what's down the road. And she takes off, which I thought was cool that she's the one flying Switchblade right. for a while. Right, that was interesting that she's actually piloting. And, uh, and what was also interesting is there is a scanner of a sort in her mask to see what's right. going on. And then right as she takes off, we see Alex picking up something on the radar. And it's heading straight for them. And uh, right away, Matt instructs them to go into defense mode. Then we see Switchblade showing up firing a missile off with a small... There's a small vehicle battle that ensues, which was kind of cool to actually see between the weaponry of uh, well, Switchblade and Mask. And then Vanessa says that she's kind of luring them into the trap. <laughs> Boys, you're doing just fine. Keep following. A dagger is eagerly awaiting for them, and uh, Matt sees the tripwire through Spectrum Mask. Come on! Come on! Stop! There's a tripwire across the bridge! Jet mode! So he, like, slams Thunderhawk into jet mode and just narrowly trips that wire and blows the bridge up. Then after the commercial break, you see the dramatic scene of Thunderhawk like spinning out of control, doing lots of aerial acrobatics, and then Matt safe and sound. Yeah, that was uh, that was some pretty good animation in this episode as well. Um, the, the aerial moves, and I think later on we see a, a pretty good dogfight between Thunderhawk and, and Switchblade as well in the air. Uh, but before that, the uh, the bridge blows, and then. Jackhammer shoots uh, the rocks down to to try to s- smash uh, the other vehicles that are on the other side of the bridge. Bruce pulls out the lifter mask, and I thought was cool was was takes those rocks instead of just dropping them to the ground. He takes them all the way over and tries to drop them on Jackhammer. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was uh, that was pretty well done, and then. Uh, Switchblade shows up again. We get the same kind of head-on transformation, and they blow even some more rocks up there. And we see uh, Alex and Bruce using the anti-gravity cannon. The anti-gravity cannon. Quick! To stop those before they they tumble down. I guess they were a little bit too big for Bruce to handle. Um, One thing that kind of, I don't know if it necessarily bothers me, is, I mean, it definitely could happen that you have different kind of weaponry out of the same gun. So, like, the smokestack guns on Rhino, we've seen shoot lasers. We're seeing now shoot the anti-gravity weapon. Right. Um... 
so it's not it, i guess it's just the consistency that that i'm kind of looking for but i don't know what do you think about right what, i think about it's a, stuff like i that? think it's a little complex and of course you know it was meant for kids so kids were didn't really care what shot out of the smokestacks of uh, rhino but you know nowadays you know as adults we're looking at it going wow that cannon the the exhaust stacks can do this and this and this and this you know maybe there's a little selector switch that you know switches out stuff you know like old airwolf uh right the cannon right. had there was multiple missiles coming out of that three tube uh cannon launcher so you push a button maybe it changes who knows but uh, yeah our our rhino in the movie is not quite that detailed yet <laughs> yeah exactly so we get the uh i believe this is where we get the dogfight between thunderhawk and switchblade right and then matt we see matt use this kind of undercarriage uh gun that shoots the magnetic bombs Time for a dose of my magnetic personality. Steady. Steady. Fire. Oh, no. The fuel tank is leaking. Dagger, I'm landing in town for repairs. I'm leaving the rest to you. Yeah. And uh, he takes out uh, Vanessa's fuel tank or fuel line. I can't remember exactly what she says. And she has to kind of fall back and go for repairs and then dagger chickens out and uh he takes off back into town so another cool thing that i thought was pretty interesting he takes off his mask and he shouts over to the other guys are you okay and they're all pop their heads out without their masks right. yeah we're okay you guys okay no sweat but how are we going to get across rhino's anti-gravity cannons let's move it okay matt are you ready? Okay. Because uh, we don't, I don't think that this might be the first time we see where they're actually remove their masks after they put them on. Right. And um, it, it is interesting, but maybe it's because everybody's left the area that they, they feel uh, like they can loosen up a bit without having to worry about their identity. But was that was kind of interesting, too, that, you know, he shouts off and, you know, they're asking, uh, now what do we do? And right. Matt said, you know, Matt just suggests right off the top of his head, hey, why don't you use Rhino's anti-gravity cannon? That you just used, exactly. yes. <laughs> so so that, was, that was a pretty cool part. I, d- I didn't necessarily like the way they, they did uh, Firecracker. It looked just like a beam of sunlight around it, you know, taking it across, but the way they did with Rhino where he kind of lowered the stacks backwards. Right, that was pretty, that was really cool. I liked seeing that almost look like instead of the anti-gravity blast, it almost looked like a jet engine blast being launched, but you know me, uh, I'm also kind of a Dukes of Hazzard nut and (laughs) when I saw a firecracker jumping across, (laughs) I'm waiting for the Dixie horn to toot. (laughs) It was, it was, but it was still good. But you notice how Rhino lands kind of hard. It does, yeah, it does, and it kind of, kind of shakes, flops in the right. So, all right, so they get across, and Matt's raring to go. He gives them the old John Paul Jones line: uh, "We have not yet begun to fight." As John Paul Jones would say, "We've not yet begun to fight." And 
they meet up back up with Dusty, um, and they can't find the train. And Bruce gives one of his. Uh, the magician typical... makes the rabbit vanish, but only from the eye. The magician makes the rabbit vanish, but only through the eye. Exactly. The train is right here. We just can't see it. <laughs> that was yes. a pretty cool line. I like that. Uh, I, I just want him one time to stump Matt. Because Matt always knows what he's saying. That would be. But awesome. he never, uh, he never stumps Matt. He can stump, you know, dumb old Dusty over there, the backwoods redneck. But yeah, <laughs> what tarnation is he talking about? <laughs> I like that. But uh, that'd be fun to you know see him get stumped once, Mister uh, Millionaire Smarty Pants guy. I know we had our little voting contest, but uh, uh, to see who would play what actor, but. Honestly, I see, for voice, I see Dusty almost like uh, Larry the Cable Guy. I can just envision <laughs> that type of slang, that type of uh, country. I mean, it just, it just fits him, at least for the yeah. movie, for me. But, uh, you know, we're not the casting department. We're the script writers. Well, maybe if somebody does a an animated version of our script, yeah. uh, we'll get Larry the Cable Guy in there. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so, uh, so Matt uses uh, Spectrum to find the where the train is using the. I, I guess it, it was like scanning for metal or something, right? And then uh, he, uh, uh, which I thought this was very cool. He asked Dusty to borrow Gator and his co-pilot to uh, have an impromptu date out on the lake. Exactly, that was hilarious. And, uh, yeah, she's just she's right with him. Grabs his arm. <laughs> Let's go swimming. There's something in the lake. Dusty, mind if I borrow Gator and your co-pilot? Okay, by me. But you better ask the lady. Come on. Let's go swimming. So uh, Matt puts the the moves on Gloria, and Dusty's kind of left there, kind of shrugging his arms. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a, a quick trip to the lake. They didn't find anything. Uh, they didn't find the the cannon. And then they head back into town. There's no people around. And then they two people pop up out of nowhere with a part to the cannon, I'm assuming, is what they had. And they realize they've been hypnotized. And then um, we see them ending up with uh, following the people down to the old lumber mill. That's where they decided to push this laser cannon. Miles is eyeing the oil field there through his binoculars and suggest that the oil companies would pay him a fortune not to have it blown up. So shortly after we see mask showing up becomes a very good scene with between the vehicles, between the mask. It was actually a really good battle right there. Yeah, it was, uh, well, I don't know how many minutes into the episode. Now we finally learn about the plot of why they stole the laser cannon, which I don't know. It uh, it at first I was kind of like it's more kind of suspenseful in what they're doing. Uh and then after I, I watched it twice actually. Uh the second time through I was like, man, it they took a while to to get to it. It just seemed kind of well, maybe they should have mentioned it a little bit sooner in the episode. Uh, I don't know. I like the suspense. Like, I like like trying to figure out what Venom was really up to. So uh and then, yeah, I mean, that was a pretty good battle between the Venom Mask and the Mask vehicles. It was kind of uh, 
I don't know, a little, <laughs> well, and, you know, again, we're going through this as adults and not kids, but a little uninventive, or un, uh, not uninventive, it was a little unimaginable that they could use their weapons and get right to where their masks were coming in and dissolve it or whatever. Right. Uh, had to be in very precise. Exactly. But at the same time, it was different than just doing mask to mask like we saw in the last episode. So I'll give them some credit there for coming up with something new. So uh, after mask kind of spoils Venom's fun with the masks, uh, Mayhem tells all the people to attack the vehicles and Mask is trying to not hurt them and trying to stop Venom at the same time. I think uh, Matt takes to the air and Thunderhawk, and he... He ends up finding that TV see, station. And yeah, he finds the... He, he gets up there and figures out, well, it's got to be some kind of signal. It's hypnotizing these people, and he goes right to the radio tower and blows it up. That hypnotic effect has got to be controlled by some frequency. And there's only one place where it can be coming from. There it is. Right. And the people kind of come to and get out of the way. And then uh, Mayhem, instead of kind of, you know, telling Mask, back off or I'm going to fire this thing, he just turns around and starts shooting at the mass vehicles with that big Right, and he only gets two shots off and it is basically out of out of juice. So he has to wait for it to recharge. So Miles is is able to a- aim the cannon at the oil fields and, and ends up programming a, a timer into it, like a trigger timer, before he escapes. And then Gloria uh, tries to use Aura, but it doesn't do anything. Then Hondo uses firecrackers. It looks like an ice blast. Uh, yeah, that's the first time we see the the freeze cannons, or I can't remember what they, exactly they called it, from the from the back of the vehicle. And you can really, on the toy, you can see the, the guns pop up from the back there. But uh, that was the first time we saw that. Right, and it shot at the cannon, but which the cannon is, I guess, too hot to, to use. And at the last possible second, you know, got to add the dramatic uh, suspense there, Matt Lands jumps out of... Uh, Thunderhawk onto the ground and shoots a spectrum blast, which ends up changing the laser beam to a sunbeam. Spectrum on. I don't get it. No explosion. Of course not. I used my spectrum mask to change the laser's energy into ordinary sunlight. And all Venom did was give some lucky Texans a brighter day. <laughs> that was kind of a to me that was kind of know. goofy yeah it was kind of anticlimactic at the end it was just kind of oh why don't you just do that to begin with you know yeah <laughs> then venom Disable as it. venom is running away miles says that this won't be the last time they see venom not by a long shot they haven't seen the last of venom not by a long shot of course, Matt and the rest of the team have a little laugh, and it's right off to the safety message. And actually, this time, they kind of reverse it, I think, for the first time in the first five episodes here, where it's they have their laugh, and then Mayhem actually has the last word right. in the episode. That's right. Instead of, 
him having his last little word, and then they chuckle, and, and then it goes to, to the PSA. But I thought that was cool. They, they kind of changed that up a little bit. Right, I agree. And then, uh, like we said, we're back on to the safety message, which is ladder safety. And it's kind of comical. You see Matt starting to get up the ladder, and Scott, you know, kind of questions him, says, I thought you always told us not to go up a ladder that wasn't wasn't stable. So then he, I, I, I don't know why, except for comic relief, Scott you know, uses T-Bub's foot to stabilize, to level out the ladder. And then T-Bob right away complains, saying that it, it's hurting his toe circuits. Then they have a chuckle, <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Hold it, Dad. You always told me to make sure the base of the ladder was level before I climbed up. So I did. I wonder what we can put under it for support. I know. There. Solid as a rock. Are you sure there isn't a better way, Scott? You're hurting my toe circuit. <laughs> so what did you think, rating-wise, of our episode five? Well, as many have probably been able to tell from the the many times I've said, oh, that was the first time they introduced that, and that was cool, uh, I gave it a five. Um it was, you know, it was kind of going back to what we talked about before. We had eight versus four as far as the agents go, five versus three. So Mask has the upper hand, which I'd like to see it more evened out or more Venom, which more Venom uh, agents were introduced earlier in the show. Right. But there was great new animation. Uh, I love the stuff with Switchblade and uh, even that little bit with Firecracker. We didn't have the antics really of Scott and T Bob, just that one little bit kind of in the towards the beginning where it was just mainly comic relief. And then you had the little Matt and Gloria connection there for a while. Right. Uh, so it was it was good. What did you think? I agree. I gave it a five as well. Very well put together. A lot of good interaction, like you said. Uh, I guess I really uh, keyed on the 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 interaction with the power battles with the mask powers, the powers of the vehicles, the weaponry and so forth. I really, really liked that. I also didn't see any, any errors. If, if there were any, I missed them. Yeah, it was very good show. It was, it was pretty solid, uh, from what I saw there. So I marked down a couple tie-ins to the script, which was mainly, there is a little connection with Matt and Gloria in our script right. as we, they kind of hinted at in this episode. And then uh, Vanessa piloting Switchblade. We have her uh, do that, a, I don't know, two or three times, I think, in the script. Right. It was about three uh, times that she does that, and it's right towards the beginning of the script. I also caught one other thing, and that's the uh, dogfight between Thunderhawk and Switchblade. Uh, we have course right at the towards the end uh, the big final battle between the mask and venom happens and of course they're they're having their battle their dog fight so let's go to our comments from the blog and we've got just one comment this week and i guess mainly because we're going a little bit early on the uh, recording but it's from our buddy anna right and she says this is a fantastic episode i love the part from when Vanessa and Dagger 
set the tripwire across the bridge until Vanessa discovers that Switchblade's fuel tank is leaking. This sequence contains some of the best action in the entire series. The last half of it was also used in a commercial for the Shout Factory DVD. The rest of the episode is also great. It hardly has any low points. Love Mayhem's line towards the end. In 50 seconds, all of Texas will be on fire. Too late, Mask, a true villain. Of course, Anna's our, uh, I would say, our evil side fan. She really likes the, <laughs> the, the evil. In fact, I was thinking of uh, her earlier when we were talking about uh, Vanessa in Switchblade and, and, and in the battle there. So, uh, yeah, she sure loves uh, Vanessa. Yes, uh, if you, if you don't know her, uh, putting a little plug to her, but if you see one of her posts or her uh, pictures, uh, she actually has kind of a similar hairdo. Uh, so it's kind of comical. I'll have to look for that uh, Shout Factory commercial and uh, yeah. see if we can post that one up too when we post the the mass cast this Friday. Right. So next week we're gonna throw you a little curveball and change it up a little bit we're not going to do uh episode six of mask we are going to talk about the first series of toys that were released and how that kind of translated from the cartoon uh, what toys they included in the first series what toys they didn't uh we can we're going to talk about our favorites we're going to instead of doing a one to five rating on the poll we're going to put up the first series of toys and you can pick your favorite so we're going to take a little break from the episodes and and we're going to talk about the the toys for a change right and like jason said earlier we have changed our recording times for the mass cast uh, we are doing it on wednesday nights time permitting uh, due to our personal schedules so uh we're going to be doing setting sending the uh comments and votes and so forth a little bit earlier if you don't mind and we're still going to release the the new episode on friday morning so you'll have it uh at the normal time we'll just be recording it a day earlier well that just about wraps it up for jason and i so we hope you enjoyed our mass cast episode and we look forward to seeing you next time on mass cast